This episode of Rewind of the Living Dead is brought to you by NightChannels.com, the only place on the internet to get that darker side for your t-shirts and hoodies. These are amazing, unique t-shirts and hoodie designs for occult, music, literature, and films. Of course, they got loads of amazing horror t-shirts. There's this Texas Chainsaw one that you gotta have. They got Alien, but they also got these deep cuts like Begotten. You know Begotten, right? Because you're a hardcore horror fan like I am, or Guinea Pig. It's like that across the entire site for their music, for the anime, for other kind of media categories. Such cool designs that you're not going to find anywhere else. Go on there. There's no way you're not going to get a t-shirt or hoodie. I guarantee you. Tons of color options. The t-shirts have two fabric options. Classic 90s style, which is Gildan, or that great modern combed cotton Bella option. And the best part about all this, these are one-of-a-kind designs, and all of it has really great competitive prices. In fact, if you go there right now and you enter the code RewindAt checkout, you get 13% off. That's right, 13% off at checkout if you let them know that Rewind of the Living Dead sent you. Uh, so when you're at the next convention or concert and someone asks, where'd you get that shirt? The only answer is at nightchannels.com. And be sure to visit them on Instagram at nightchannels as well. Um, that's N-I-G-H-T channels.com. Uh, and be sure at checkout to enter the code rewind to get your 13% off. Rewind of the Living Dead is a review show, so spoilers are ahead. When writer and director Miriama Diallo attended Yale University, she referred to the person in charge of her residential college as master, an incredibly outdated term that the school tried to explain away as nothing more than a way to pay homage to a British system on which it was based, while stating it had nothing to do with the ugly history of slavery in America. Diallo just went along with the university's rules, but a few years after she graduated, she happened to run into the former head of her college, and instinctively she called him master. That's when she realized that she had been conditioned to just accept use of such a problematic title. It forced Diallo to really examine her history and how these experiences could truly shape a person, but it also inspired her to write a screenplay loosely based upon some of her own experiences at college. The finished product centered around three women of color at an upscale university called Ancaster, while all of them faced the specter of institutional racism, not to mention microaggressions and a haunted history at this school with a legacy of intolerance. Last name, first name? Warren. Jasmine. Guys, she got the room. Legends. Ancaster College is crowded with them. When you go to a school that's nearly as old as the country, you can expect to hear a few. It can be really hard for students of color. Just know I'm here. It's amazing, Gil. First black master. Very exciting. It is. So, you live here too? Yeah. The whole school's cursed. Okay, you're, you're gonna have to try a lot harder than that to scare me. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's real. unwilling to see itself for what it truly is. 
I've been having nightmares. You look like you've seen a ghost. Why is this administration spending more energy undermining my tenure than on ferreting out who's been terrorizing the student body? I can't get away from it, Jasmine. It'll follow you. It's everywhere. In the latest episode of Rewind of the Living Dead, we're going to wait for the clock to strike 3.33 as we review the 2022 film, Master. I'm Patrick Guerra. And Patrick, this week we're going to be talking about a fairly brand new film, debuted at Sundance and is now available on Amazon Prime called Master. And as I mentioned at the top in the intro, from a new writer-director named Miriama Diallo, she debuted her first short, which was also a horror film, or a horror short, I should say, at Sundance a couple years ago. This is her first feature-length film, uh, has a pretty impressive cast, and it is now available on Amazon Prime. Got a, a fairly good reception at uh, Sundance from what I've been able to gather online. And tonight we're going to be talking about Master. Yeah, when it was time to pick a new movie, um, this one, when I realized that it was available for, for streaming, I was like, oh, we have to check this out because I have been hearing buzz about it for quite some time now. Uh, I, I hang out with a horror community on Clubhouse, which is an app that I think basically just horror people hang out on at this point. Um, and, and a lot of people were talking about Master. So when I saw it available, I said, let's check this out. Um, I actually love movies with a message. Some people don't. Some people don't want to be talked to about issues or anything like that. But we've touched on it a couple times on the show. Um, spiral comes to mind and not the spiral, the saw one, but the spiral uh, that kind of takes place in the early 90s and is about homosexuality and race and all that stuff like I like messaging. I like I like what it does in movies. It's interesting. I get to see a different perspective than my own. And so I, I feel like I'm kind of learning something. It, when you were talking about the intro and you were talking about uh, Mariama's experience in college, it made so much more sense uh, watching this movie because I did feel like the three main characters felt really interconnected to the point where I was almost like, oh, is uh, is Gail, who's played by Regina Hall, who a lot of people probably know. Um, she, she's in a lot of stuff. She just co-hosted the Oscars and all that stuff. And Zoe Renee's character, Jasmine. I, Damon, I don't know about you, but at one point I was like, are they the same person? Is she thinking about like her life when she was younger and and now she's older? Like I like there's there's times where I was like sort of getting that vibe. Um, but <laughs> I think ultimately the movie goes in a lot of directions and I don't know if it necessarily all pay off. But I did enjoy um, seeing the world through somebody else's eyes, which I think Miriam Diallo actually really achieved. Yeah, I would say that's probably the thing I liked most about this film is that um, 
it's a perspective that I don't have. You know, I'm yeah. I'm a white guy. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm not, you know, not hiding that from anyone, but just to put it out there. So my experience with <laughs> You're six foot three, you're not hiding from anyone. Yeah. My experience with racism is far, 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 far different from you know, pretty much anybody else on earth. You know what I mean? I'm Right. You know, I, I don't I don't understand I don't I don't live through it. I understand it i am sympathetic to it i am enraged by it you know like all those things are true but i don't live it so i cannot one in any way shape or form put myself in these character shoes because i've never done it i can't so to so to see it in this film and understand it and again i understand it's a film so some things are going to be exaggerated and and uh, i mean sadly there's probably far far worse versions of this movie in other parts of the country but i'm saying that like i can't i can't personally relate to what these characters are going through because i can't live in their shoes it's impossible for me to live in their shoes it is 100% so when you talk about a movie with a message I teeter on that line depending on how well the message is how how well the message is put into the film if that makes sense. Yeah. A really good job like and and again I know I'm comparing it to another film with a similar undertone but you think about a movie like Get Out which was a brilliant incredibly right. brilliant film, you know, from Jordan Peele. And I understand I'm talking about two films that are very centered on race and and things like that, but you talk about a film like that and the 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 underlying message and you know in terms of what that film is talking about so incredibly well done now master in my opinion falls short in a lot of areas that we'll talk about later in terms of story and in terms of overall plot development but the message at the heart of it all was incredibly strong and i would say that's probably the strongest part about this movie because again i can't say i walk in the shoes of these characters and I can't lie to anybody and say that I can. If you are, if you say, oh, well, I can totally understand where they're coming from and you're me, you're just wrong. And I think that's a, that's a whole other conversation for another day. It is. But in that regard, I really appreciated the message of this movie because I can't be Gail, who is becoming you know the headmaster of this college, you know, the first ever black headmaster of this college. I can't be her. I can't. I can't know what she's going through. I can't know what Jasmine, the lead character, who is coming to this college, this very prestigious, upscale, seemingly uh, you know um, uh, Ivy League college, and she's one of I think they said eight black students at this college. You know what I mean? I can't. Right. I can't go. I can't exp- I can't know what that's like. You know what I mean? I have no idea what that's like. So in that regard, this film really was powerful because I was able to see it as an outsider looking in in a, in a, in a, in a, in a way that I would not understand this otherwise. That's what's great about movies, actually. Like, that's kind of why I show up to movies personally. So I don't understand when people go, I don't want to be I don't want to be lectured. Well, I think that's your like that's your way of like preframing it. So you don't have to let something into your brain that you might not be comfortable like thinking about. But truth be told, like I want to be put in somebody else's shoes. I want to see someone else's perspective. So that that to me is where a movie succeeds. Is it's like, oh, I can like live in somebody else's shoes for a moment and see the world through their eyes. And we, we got that in this movie. We got that uh, from from a couple of different angles. Um, you mentioned Get Out. You know what I think works so well about Get Out is that you feel the discomfort 
of the characters in that movie, you know, especially our main character who I don't, I don't have him pulled up, played by the amazing Daniel Kaluuya, who is like the shit and one of the best guys performing in Hollywood today. But Daniel Kaluuya's character in Get Out, you feel the discomfort in his moments. And, and right off the top of this movie, that, the first act of this movie does that so well. Um, and that movie Spiral that I was talking about did that really well. Is in the beginning of the movie, it's the little things. It's not overt racism. It's not somebody just being a full-on racist jerk. It's people saying little things that make you uncomfortable. That stuff, like you're talking about, you know, you don't know how to experience it. Like exactly, like we don't we don't experience those things. And so in those little moments, when someone will say something like, "Oh, like you're you're the you're the like uh, to to Gail's character," somebody says, "You're the fir first black president of the school." Uh, I guess should we be calling you Obama or no? Pre they said president. You president. They, they call, you no, they said they, yeah. They said should we call you Barack? Yeah, Barack. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Why would you say that? You know, why yeah. why can't I be called George Washington? Why can't I be called something else? You know, it's it's weird. Like all these little things. So the discomfort was there front and center. Now today, obviously we're a horror podcast, right? So what I'm really gonna try to examine with you today, Damon, is the horror elements of this film. Now there is the, the horror of institutional racism, which can come across in movies without ever being a scary movie. I think of Higher Learning, which was John Singleton. Um, that movie's to me a horrific movie. Like it really is, it's not a horror movie at all, but, when, but there are moments in that movie that can put you so on edge, so uneasy they have that horrific the, that 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 pit in your stomach hits so i'm i'm really evaluating this movie from the from the horror side of things and to me that's where this movie starts to fall apart i can see why somebody would like this movie as a straight drama as a straight drama i think this movie totally works but the horror elements i was having trouble with but I, like it's weird damon like i don't know about you but let's let's just maybe break break down the the, the beginning of the movie I did like this aspect of, oh, there is a, a legend on campus. That's all. That's a great way to start a college horror movie, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And in that in that way, and I guess in two ways, the way that it was set up was well done. And again, this is one of those movies, and we'll get into spoilers. And for everyone you know, wondering, we will get into spoilers eventually. We'll warn you when we're getting into full-on spoiler territory. But one of the things that I felt about this movie, and, and I hate to feel like I'm repeating myself because we've said this about other films we reviewed on the show, but I feel like this is a film that started strong and ended weak. You know, that's kind of how I feel about yeah. this because the setup was really strong. There's so there's this there's this story about this university that was formed before the you know the United States was the United States. You know, it was founded in 1696, and there was a story about a witch that had been you know hanged nearby you know during the whole Salem witch trials thing. And then there's also a legend of a student back in the late 50s who hung herself you know in the school, and she was at that time I believe they said she was the only black student at that point and she had hung herself in the school and it's in this room and it's all kind of haunted and connected and you know it's a it's a very old institution and and you know the legends and all these ghosts that are supposedly around here from all the millions or hundreds of thousands of people who've gone to this university so the legend stuff like the the, the mythology was set up very strong in the beginning and a big part of what is done right early is you're not quite sure what is real and what is supernatural or what may be supernatural. You know what I mean? There's a lot of little yeah. twists and turns in the first like 45 minutes of this movie where you're not really sure what you're seeing. And, and there's some dream states and there's some waking states. And those are, 
that's probably the strongest, in my opinion, the strongest moments of this movie when they keep you guessing of what you're seeing. Like you're seeing things a lot through Gail's eyes and you're seeing things a lot through Jasmine's eyes, the two mainly characters. And it has you questioning, am I seeing this? Is it in front of me? Is it real? And that also yeah. goes to the heart again, not to bring it back to the message, but it also goes back to the heart of the message. And I think that's kind of the entire point of this movie is, are we seeing what's really in front of us? Are we pretending it's not there? You know what I mean? Are we just trying to ignore it? Because yeah. in Gail's case, in Gail's case, you know, Gail, as we said, her character is the first ever master, the headmaster of this particular college at Ancaster College, this big prestigious university. Um, she's the first ever black headmaster. And, and it's, I mean, I got to be honest with you, Patrick. I went to uh, a state college. I went to the University of Cincinnati is where I went. Uh, we did not. Yeah. We had we had our uh, we had our heads of the dorms, like the people who lived in the dorms we lived in who were there. You know what I mean? When I so I heard this and I was like, God, that's so off putting. Just that word in general is off putting. Yeah. Then I did research and I found until 2016, they actually did this at Yale University. Like they actually the heads of colleges were called masters and the students were expected to call them master whatever. And I'm like, that's so freaking bad like that's so terrible like i was like i was stunned that it was real like i was like oh this has to be something exaggerated for a movie it's real it was real they don't do it anymore thank god but i was just like really you had to call your freaking head of college master like that's so weird and just creepy and just disturbing anyways um in that regard, where you're seeing things in their eyes and you're not sure what's real, what's not there, what's pretending to be there, and what's supernatural or not supernatural, that is really the strongest point of the movie. Where it starts to careen off the edge, <laughs> and for me, is later in the movie, and again, I'm not getting into spoilers, but they it almost feels like they lost track of what direction they wanted to go into. What the you know, Miriam Diallo, you know, I feel like she kind of lost which direction. I feel like she was being pulled in too many different different directions with this movie, yeah. and she didn't quite know how to get back on the road. I agree with that assessment. I, I think that's the tricky part is that there are so many elements in the beginning that have you going, well, what's that all about? What's this all about? Especially, especially with uh, with Jasmine and Gail, right? So Gail is seeing uh, she, she's moving into the, the headmaster's house. So there's this haunted house aspect and there are things going on in the house that she doesn't quite understand. There's the whole bell aspect. Uh, she hears a bell in the house and it's ringing and she doesn't know why. So there's that. And that you see that in the trailer. There's something about that. Um, then you get into Jasmine, who's our new student, our freshman student. Here's something I loved, actually. It's scary, you know, just being a new person in a new place. And Jasmine, Jasmine's story 100% reflects that. And like, there is that element of dread where she's just like, she's kind of like, I don't know anybody here and they all seem to know each other and they all seem to know things I don't know. You just feel like behind the curve. There's that, there's the whole discomfort with that, that, that Jasmine's going through which I loved and I thought they played perfectly. Like I was like, oh my God, like I feel like I've been in those shoes multiple times in my life where I'm just the outsider, you know, and, and, and I just don't get it. Then you add on, you know, the weird, awkward, you know, racial tension. Then you add on also that, um, that Jasmine is a sleepwalker. So then as the audience, I'm starting to wonder, well, what is in her imagination? Is she sleepwalking through this thing? Is it? And that's when things start to trip up because so many elements start getting stacked on top of each other. And you, A, I started losing track because a lot of elements is between the two of them, you know, start to build up. 
And then B, like a lot of them don't pay off. Like it's kind of weird. Like the bell, uh, that's kind of a spoiler, but the bells don't pay off. I'm going to, I'll spoil that much for you right now. The bells don't pay off. Then there's a third aspect to this movie because this is pitched as a three main character movie. I don't see it that way. I don't, I, tell me if I'm wrong, Damon. The third character is uh, played by Amber Gray, is Professor Liv Beckman, and her and Jasmine sort of get into their own row. As a drama, I know what that's what that's about. That's kind of about, you know, um, working working together in the same system. Are we going to work with or against each other? It, it, that part plays out fine, but that sort of starts to tie into this legend of the witch, and I don't know if that pays off. A Damon. Di- Without getting into spoilers, and we might as well turn over to spoilers here in a minute because we're going to be dancing around it. The witch aspect to me was the most curious horror aspect that I was getting because I'd get these little flashes and images and and weird things with weird heightened uh, imagery and sensory stuff that made me think a witch was going to come become part of this movie. That's what was it. That was that was what was kind of pulling me through the movies was was this witch reveal. Uh, how did you feel about that aspect of the movie? Because I feel like it came and went. Yeah, it was, it was so weird because I felt like that was actually one of the strongest elements in the early part of the film because they teased it so much. And I, I don't mind that they don't necessarily pay it off because the whole point of that is, you know, is it, is it real or are they just using this to mess with this new young girl who's here? Who's kind of, you know, she's a fish out of water, so to speak. And I, I've, I've lived through that. When I went to college, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know who I, I didn't know who my roommate was going to be. I didn't know anybody on my floor. I was in a completely like, stranger in a strange place. So I can relate to that part of the story. And it is really odd. You're trying to fit in. I came from a very, very small, like one horse town. I was moving to a bigger city. So it was, it was a really odd experience for me. So in that regard, I kind of understood where Jasmine was coming from. And, and all these students, again, as you said, they all kind of seem to know each other and you're kind of not sure is it real or are they just messing with her? Are they just like, you know, trying to perpetuate this, this myth about this witch. And then when they actually started to explore a little bit more about it, it got kind of interesting, but then it just kind of went nowhere. Like they just kind of dropped it. And then it kind of, it just went in other directions about, you know, her dealing with other aspects of maybe the girl who used to live in her room, who apparently had hanged herself. And that part of it became a bigger element of the story. And they never really intertwined the two. They kind of did, but they never did. Um, at one point in the movie, again, this isn't a major spoiler. It's just kind of telling you where she's going. At one point in the movie, uh, Jasmine discovers the diary of the girl who lived in her room, who actually killed herself. And she starts reading through that. And you get the hint again about the witch part of it. You kind of get the hint of what's going on. But again, you're still not sure is it real, is it not? And that just never... That never quite played out the way I thought it would. And it's not because my expectations were ruined. That's not why I I didn't like it. It's not that. It's just that it just kind of went away. Like it just kind of disappeared. And that thread, that thread was interesting to me. And then it just faded. And as I said, really strong start, not a bad middle, really odd ending like a really odd <laughs> weird ending and and i said this to you in in a text yesterday and i'm saying it now and listen there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this show who are going to say man i'm going to run and go see this movie based on what i'm about to say and you know what i'm about to say this felt like a movie that should have been produced by a24 and 
you know my love-hate relationship with that studio. I love a lot of what they do. Euphoria, one of the best shows on television. The Witch, probably one of my top you know horror films of the past decade. Uh, I like a lot of what they do. X, we talked about X on this show. I thought X was incredibly yeah, well X. done. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the... Is, is the Northman an A24 movie or no? I know it's Robert Eggers. Uh, I don't know if it is. I don't, I don't think it is. I, don't, I know it's Robert Eggers. Hey, Robert Eggers, yeah, of course, the, did. I think the budget's too high. Yeah, and cool. Lighthouse. He did Lighthouse. Anyways, there are yeah. definitely A24 movies I like. Let me just put that out there. I like the studio, but there's also A24 movies where I get done watching them, and I'm just like... The fuck did I just watch? <laughs> what happened? I don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, and so there's a lot of moments in this movie patch where I'm like, did I just watch an A24 movie? Did you just slip one under and like not tell me it was an A24 movie? A24. When you say A24 movie, it's starting to become an insult. <laughs> you're, it's starting to be your perspective of saying like, I didn't, I, this movie was too abstract for me. And it's weird because it's not abstract until it gives you the answers. Which, yeah. by the way, some A24 movies don't even do that. They don't even bother with the answers. Truth be told, and I love and I go see all the A24 movies. You know, I, I'm always there for them. But they actually, sometimes they're like, no, the answer is there's no answer. <laughs> the, the answer to me in this movie is actually pretty clear. And we might as well just roll into spoilers here in a second. I'll let you, I'll let you usher us in there. But I will, I will echo that the curiosity of this movie is what kept me on the hook. I wanted to see how it was going to unfold. The answer was satisfactory. I, I I was like, oh, I see what the answer is. But how we got there and how it, we were given the answers left me wanting more. I can agree with that. I And again, when I, I joke about the whole A24 thing, because it does get abstract in moments, and that's kind of where it lost me a little bit. And then it got me back, and then it kind of lost me again, and it got me back again. And again, I'm not saying that a movie can't have those kind of abstract, like what I would call arty kind of, you know, not totally cohesive moments. I'm okay with that. Listen, I love Suspiria, and Suspiria is one of the weirdest fucking movies you'll ever oh, watch. Wacky. I love that movie. So I, 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 I'm not opposed to that. I've said, I know, I know people are probably like, I know you say this all the time, Damon. I love David Lynch. David Lynch is like, I feel like he takes mushrooms and just makes movies. Like the diet, the dude just, you know, he, he's wow. out there and I love his bizarre, weird out there movies. So I'm not opposed to that. And I, I'm not opposed to it in this movie either. It's just that when they go in those kind of weird abstract directions, I feel like they, when they come back, I get it. But when they go off again, I'm kind of like, I don't understand why. Like, I guess that's, I guess that's my biggest complaint is there's moments where I'm just like, I don't know why they went in that direction. And it's not even because it's abstract. It's just because it doesn't really make sense when they bring it back into the story that actually does kind of run a parallel line to the three characters. Then I'm kind of like, okay, okay. I'm in. I'm like, I get it. And I like it. And before we get last thing I'll say before we get to spoilers, Patrick, and then I'll turn, we'll turn into spoilers. And I know this, this is, people are going to take this as a backhanded compliment. I don't want it to be that way. I really don't want it to be that way. I like, let me just say, I liked this film. I did. There's yeah. moments I didn't like. And, and I would say it's a weird movie in moments. And when I say weird, I mean that kind of David Lynchian, you know, that kind of like mm -hmm. abstract, you know, Suspiria feeling to it where it's going to put some people off. Just being honest. There's some people who don't want a nonlinear film like this. You know what I mean? They want to go from point A to point B to point C. And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of movies like that. I adore. I would say the majority of my, the horror movies I love are probably more linear. That being said, 
I am really, really curious to see what what Mariallo, uh, what what Diallo, what she does, where Mariama Diallo does next, because yeah. this is a really strong start, and I like that she got her voice in this movie, and this is a really personal movie for her, and I love that because you know again I think you know taking drawing from personal experience is a huge part of storytelling. I am really curious where she we've had this conversation about other directors and writers on the show, Patrick. And I'm always like, yeah. you know, I'm always curious what they're going to do next. I didn't love master. I liked it, mm-hmm. but I am fascinated by what she yeah. does next. If that, and again, I don't want to be taken as a, as a backhanded compliment because I want people to say, Oh, you're trying to pay her a compliment while saying her movie's bad. I liked the movie. I really did. We're going to get into spoilers and we're going to explain more in detail what we didn't like about the movie, because I think what we didn't like about the movie requires spoilers. Um, yeah, it does. But that being said, I like the movie. I would recommend you to watch it. It's an experience. That's what I'd say about this movie. It's an experience. It's an experience that I feel like you should go through. Um, but I am fascinated by what what she does next. I'm going to lift the veil once again here and give all of our fans a little behind the scenes peek at how we produce this show. Damon and I watched no less than three movies before we decided that none of them were worthy of talking about on the podcast and they will not be named. Don't even try it. Uh, There were just some movies that didn't work. Some of them were actually good. And then I was just like, but they're good, but there's, they won't make a podcast. When I finally stumbled on uh, master and I saw that it was available, it's an incredibly well-crafted movie. And I was like, we're going to be able to talk about this thing. It's really well made. It's, it's, it's 100% like a slickly made, competently made movie. The storytelling is something else. And we might as well get into spoilers about that because that, that is what ultimately was the tipping point for why I don't give this movie like, like, Oh, this is, this, this movie's amazing. It's a good movie and it needed some work and we should probably start getting into why. So let's talk about spoilers. So for anyone who hasn't seen master, it's currently available on Amazon prime, go over and check it out again. I know I say this all the time and I don't want to, you know, continue to say the same thing over and over again. Even if we don't like a movie, go watch it for yourself. I never tell anyone not to watch a film. Every filmmaker has their own art just because we don't like a person's art or we don't like a particular movie. Doesn't mean you shouldn't go watch it. So whether we love it, hate it, like it, whatever, go watch it. That's all I'll support other artists. That's what I'll say. Whether we like it or not, go support it. Go check out master. It's currently available on Amazon prime. It is a very intriguing movie. You can tell Patrick and I both like a lot of the elements of it. Uh, that being said, we're now going to get into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Or if you just don't care or you have seen it, of course, stick around. Here we go into spoilers. So let me let me let me let you start, Patrick, because you, you did really kind of define when you sent me your notes on this movie, what where they fell short. And I want you to tell me that before we get into categories. I think where they fell short was um, I, I'm, I'm teased a little bit when we were talking in the in the non-spoiler section that this is a three person story, according to them, according to the filmmakers, according to the people who market this movie. It's a story told about three women. The third woman is played by Amber Gray, Professor Liv Beckman. Her and uh, and Zoe Renee's character, Jasmine, have a bit of a row. Now, Jasmine's a new student and this Professor Liz um, fails her. On her, on her first essay. And she's like, you didn't get the assignment. You didn't even come close to addressing it. Jasmine hits her back with like, you're you're being completely out of line. And she goes and, and does this full blown, like 
what do they call it? Like disputes, a, a dispute. Yeah, she did a, a dispute. Exactly. Thank you. She does a dispute and it creates a problem because L- Professor Liv was about to get tenure and now she's got a dispute with this student. It's a wild divergent from the rest of the story. And I think what I think what this movie was missing is that it starts out with all these weird little horror elements that are like kind of coming at you and making you question what you're seeing. There's some definitely good creepy moments early on in this movie. You're like, what's really going on? I don't really understand. Once this element of the of the movie becomes prevalent, it like derails all the dread. I mean, there's still there's still dread, and and it's told mainly, in my opinion, through the eyes of of Jasmine, which is like I'm scared in this place. I don't feel safe here. Uh, like, and and, it, and it's kind of getting worse and worse for her. It's not on a horror level. It's just on an existential level. She's like, I don't feel safe here. And so that one's that that part's fine. But but all the horror elements start to get pulled away because of this other storyline. And and they say it's a three person storyline. Damon, help me out here. Professor Liv is not really. She just kind of comes in and out of the story. We, I don't know. I feel like I never even see the story from her perspective. So in my opinion, you can't call this a three-person story because I never get really into her shoes. I, I see her story from uh, Regina Hall's character's perspective, and I see her story from Zoe's uh, perspective, from Jas- the character of Jasmine. They are like looking in at her and judging her, but I never see the camera turn around and her look back at the rest of the world. Yeah, that's a real fair assessment. I think that's probably the the part of the movie I had the biggest issue with as well, because Liv's character is kind of a weird, weird sidetrack that, you know, because I I was I was really enthralled by what was going on because I liked the power dynamic that was going on here. You had Jasmine, who was the new student in school. You know, one of only eight black students at this really prestigious college. You know, she's in a room in a, in a dorm where, you know, people are always kind of looking at her sideways. And there's a really gross scene in the movie where she goes to a library and she's checking out some books and she's trying to be friendly with the librarian. Her bag beeps as if she's stolen something. And of course, the librarian has to like, you know, more or less knowingly say, I got to look through your bag because I, I believe you're a thief, which you know, that scene like just flat out enraged yeah. me uh, watching that scene. And then you have Gail, who is, you know, she's in what is considered a position of power. I mean, she's the headmaster of this college now, yet. Even in that, like, she's torn between two worlds because now she's kind of the one in charge, yet her colleagues don't seem to really respect her or respect her decision-making. And so she's torn between, do I honor my position in knowing what this girl, what this young girl Jasmine is going to do? Do I believe her? Do I help her? Do I do I point her in a different direction because I've lived through it? Or do I live up to the position I'm in and realize that every student goes through something and I have to treat every individual, I have to treat every student as an individual, but it's still a college as a whole. And what I mean by that is, is like, she doesn't inject herself personally into Jasmine's problems. And so that was fascinating. But then Liv's character was really odd because the first time you're meeting her, she's a professor and she kind of, you know, she, when when Jasmine gives her an answer in class, she kind of discounts her answer and then kind of praises another student. And then she gets an F on her paper and she's doing it. They, basically, the, 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 the paper was a uh, a breakdown of race in the scarlet letter. Did I get that right? Am I remembering that yep. correctly? So and Jasmine's kind of like, I don't really see how this is prevalent. I don't there's not that aspect in this in this book. Um, I've read the Scarlet Letter, 
when I was in high school. Now, granted, that was many, many years ago. When Jasmine said that, I thought to myself, yeah, I don't really get the assignment. And I'm, I have a degree in English literature. So I was like, what? This is weird. <laughs> but then another student told her, oh, you didn't see this. You didn't see this. And it was almost like she was talking down to her, making her feel kind of dumb about it. And then Liv's character kind of switches. And all of a sudden, she's now fighting for her tenure in this university and the relationship between her and Gail is friends. Like they're really close friends, but Gail is now kind of, I won't say her boss, but like her superior in a way because yeah. she's the head of a college and, and you know, live as a professor. And then you get this weird third dynamic where we find out that Liv was uh, born into a uh, an Amish family, and I, I, like a is that yeah Amish? I guess it's yeah. like it's a you yeah. know like a, a you know that kind of that kind of, and, and there's a thread that goes down there where you're kind of like huh like they just in, in her, inject this idea that like her mother was a white woman and she ran away from home I guess and then like there's this whole like subplot of. Her mom saying that she's actually a white woman, which was like, what, what, is, huh? And then, yeah. you know, then Liv says, well, my, my father was actually black. And, you know, her, her mother was denying that, you know, she had a black. And I get all that. But it was just so weird. Like, she had all these different, like, directions that character was going in. None of them really paid off. And it just distracted me from the two characters, the storylines that actually were more cohesive. And I liked I couldn't agree more. And another weird thing that I feel like they were doing was they started to confuse Liv's mom's presence with the witch. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was intentional or not because because Jasmine would see someone kind of skulking around the campus in a robe and you're like, oh, that's the witch or that's. Um, some weird underground cult group who is who are like the racist hazers or something like I couldn't tell who well, then, that was. And then, and and then later, in the, and then later in the movie, we see Liv puts up a hood. You know, she gets dressed and she puts up a hood towards Liv's the end of the movie. So then you're then you're kind of like, was she the one doing this? Yeah, and at one point I was like, oh, Liv's the witch. So <laughs> you see how Damon and I are getting pulled in a lot of directions. <laughs> With one storyline is pulling us in so many directions. The Liv storyline is like a tornado through this through this through this script and i was like man like it's muddying the water so much i was so into gail's like haunted house story and jasmine's like fish out of water um you know uh situation where where she was she was it, it, to me jasmine's story is actually the most horrific one because it was so reality based you talk about that scene in the library how about the scene at the party where everybody's dancing around her like a rap song comes on and they all like surround her and she's just being surrounded by other white students and they're all jumping around and singing this song and it's got the n-word in it and they're saying that and i'm like oh my god like it's, it's horrific to like watch and it's just reality based right it's just all the dread in that works so yeah so the, i got i got gail and jasmine and they're working and i'm in this rhythm with them and it's just like the minute that rhythm starts to pick up Liv's story like pulls away from it and then like the answers to Liv's story are so confusing because at some point the mother and Gail get together and Liv's mother's like yeah uh, uh Liv is not black Liv is Liv is completely white she shows her a picture of young Liv that we believe is young Liv and it looks like a young white girl now I, I drew parallels to Rachel Dolezal who was very famously transracial as she claimed you know she was she was raised very white and she 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 changed her hair she's tanned her skin and she claims now she's black so i was getting vibes of that but then Liv fires back going that's just my mom denying that i had a black father 
And I go, okay, but that also makes sense. So what's happening? Yeah. Like, so, but and that's and that's as much as you get resolve of that. And then before you know it, the witch thing sort of just dissolves in thin air. It goes away. And I was like, so what? So what is the witch thing? What like what is it? Is and and they and they that was the thing that killed me. They never committed to that answer. They committed to Liv's answer, which is she. You know, the the last word on Liv's story is I am half black. So, you know, and that's it. That was the end of it. They, ne they literally, that, that closed that storyline down. Gail's, Gail's storyline closes down with, I am being a part of, as the headmaster, I'm, I'm only perpetuating the institutional racism in this place, so I need to leave. They close those stories down. Poor Jasmine's story ends with Jasmine dying. Jasmine, much like the, the, the black student from the 60s or the late 50s or whatever, also hangs herself in that room. So I go, oh, was that the witch that did that? Was that institutional racism that did that? What, did someone like lynch her? They never answer it. They never answer it. Yeah, it's and I a, was like, shit, that's the one thing that was I was on the hook for. Yeah, I was really like, I was really enthralled by Jasmine's story more than anything else. Like if they and and I, we're gonna get into categories. We'll talk about rewrite of the Living Dead, uh, what we would change to hopefully make this a little different movie. Um, but yeah, I was enthralled by Jasmine's story. That was the one that got me the most. Now, Gail's story was good. Don't get me wrong. And that one was also powerful because of her being pulled in two different directions, being given this prestigious position, but then also realizing that really not that much had changed for her. Like, you know, she had this, you know, head position now. And then like her colleagues are still kind of looking down upon her, even though she's the one in charge, um, which was a really, really powerful statement in this movie as well. And also kind of terrifying in, in, in those moments. Like, you know, even when you're given a position of power, you still don't have any power. Um, but yeah, the live storyline just really drew away from it. And then there was also the weird thread with with uh, with Jasmine's roommate Amelia, which right she got assaulted, and it's just a weird like it's just a weird offshoot that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when it happens. Um, again, like I said, there's a there's a really good there's a really really good movie in here. There's a there's a potential for a great movie in here. The reason why I knock it down to just being a good movie is because the threads that don't work really don't work. The threads that work, the, the, the parts of the story that work well, work phenomenally well. It's just those other directions that they get pulled into where I'm kind of like, why? And, and I'm, I don't get it. Like, and again, if someone saw this and totally understands it and you want to explain it to me, send me an email, rotlivingdead at gmail.com, rotlivingdead at gmail.com. I'll gladly listen. I'm not, like I said, I'm not opposed to someone trying to explain it to me. The problem is when you watch a movie, you don't want someone to have to explain it to you when you're done being like, oh, right. well, here's what, oh, okay, now I get it. That part of the movie, I just didn't really know why. I didn't know where they were going and I didn't, I didn't know what purpose it was serving. I think Miriam, uh, Miriama Diallo had a great TV show in, in, in this script because you could have taken the time with all those stories. When you try to jam them all into one movie, aspects of all the stories end up suffering. Because yeah. I had a genuine haunting movie with Gail's story and Jasmine's story. I felt haunted, I felt uncomfortable, everything. But when I had to focus on that, and like you said, and then and then her roommate's uh, sexual assault thing, it's like, I get it, she's putting in all these little things, like these, all these women, and it was a very much a woman-focused movie, all these different women that come from all of these different backgrounds are going through all this shit. Like this, this is what life is like for women. I was like, I get it. I totally get what I, I never was confused on the messaging, but 
but again we're reviewing a horror movie right so what what i was losing out on and what i in my opinion they completely dissolve by the by the third act is the the scary aspect of the movie the witch aspect of this movie dissolves into thin air i mean it really does just go away and it's that's so bizarre yeah, it is really odd. It's really odd. All right, let's get into our categories because there is a lot we want to talk about with the rest of this movie. So let's get into our first category as always, which is best performance. And overall, this is a fairly small cast. It's not a super, super deep cast. Uh, they actually filmed this at Vassar College, which I found fairly, uh, pretty fascinating. It makes me want to go to Vassar and see what that campus looks like. Uh, I think you, if you know anything about college, you've probably heard of Vassar College. Uh, I'm, I'm now kind of curious about that. Uh, that being said, Patrick, who is your best performance in Mass? Well, I've already heaped a ton of praise on her. My best performance goes to Zoe Renee, who played Jasmine Moore. And we both agreed her storyline is the most riveting. It really is. And it's funny because it's the most grounded one. Like you could just turn her story into a straight drama. You would never you would never have to add horror elements The the horror of her reality was enough. Um, And but but what sold it so well was Zoe's performance as Jasmine. I felt the innocence. I felt the uncomfortable moments on her face in her expressions. As a performer, Zoe was performing the hell out of this movie. She stole the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, and generally when we do best performance, I try to go in a different direction, you know, because you know, like Regina Hall is incredible. I wasn't as I I knew Regina Hall. But I couldn't remember where I knew her from. Then I looked her up. I was like, okay, I know who Regina Hall is. And she's a great actress. She did a great job. And I think there's other pieces and parts of this movie that did great acting. But to me, it is is Zoe Renee. I would love to, you know, sit here and call someone else a better performer. But as I said, Jasmine was my favorite part of this movie. And she killed it. I mean, she did an incredible job of displaying every level of emotion and... um, you'd want out of an actress in a horror movie with a lot of drama in it, you know, like this movie, like she does such an incredible job in every facet. Like when she, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, I think what I like best about her performance, Patrick, and it's, it's kind of like one of those movies where like you meet her and she's so upbeat and looking forward to the future. And then they just suck the life out of this poor girl. Like they suck the hopes and dreams and it's heartbreaking. And her performance is is so good. Like this is one of those performances at the end of the year where we're talking about the best performances of the year. She would be on that list for me because it's freaking heartbreaking, man. And she is so good at it. Like she is so incredibly good. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like watch this movie for Zoe Renee and her performance. Uh, Regina Hall is great. I watched her in Nine Perfect Strangers. You want to talk about fucking? She stole that show. She fully stole it. Like, that's where I. That's where that I show. remembered her from. I was like, oh, that, yeah. okay, that's where I remembered her from because I I knew the name, but I was like, where do I know her from? And that's that's where yeah. I knew her from. Yeah, I've seen her in tons of stuff. She was also in all the scary movie movies. Yeah, she yeah she was she's been in a lot. Like yeah. when I looked her up, I was like, oh, she's she, in, she's, she's in. in. Yeah, she has a huge, huge uh, uh, roster of things. But yeah, I mean, when Nine Perfect Strangers, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, this is this is Zoe's movie, and and it's a it's a shame that we didn't get to. I felt like I didn't get closure on her story. Yeah. I feel like it's it stops at her suicide, and it's not it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. I wanted more. That's not an insult. I wanted more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about favorite character because, again, smaller cast, but there are a lot of characters in here. So, Patrick, who is your favorite character in uh, in Master? Uh, my favorite character was uh, Brian, who I'm assuming was one of the professors, uh, played by Bruce Altman. Um, 
in Gail's in Gail's uh, storyline, you know, she's she's constantly going back to the other the other. I guess I don't know if they're masters. I don't know. I think, they, I think some like... of them. I think some of them are former masters, and now they're like professors. Like they're they all take like they're right. all kind of in this role in the past. But yeah, it seemed like he was a a former master who is now a professor. Is what I took yeah, it as. All, they were all sort of like part of a committee too. Like they they all had to like make decisions as a team. Uh, what I loved about Brian was uh, this this guy Bruce Altman. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He plays just um, the most milk toast white dude. <laughs> like he's really good at playing that. And so anytime he had interactions with Gail, because that that was kind of her experience was like the the white people that she was working with were a bit out of touch. He was never um, he was never aggressive or like uh like uh, edgy in any way shape or form he was always like lighthearted and soft but he'd say something that was so like off-putting or weird and like it never came from a place of malice it came from a place of like Phew, that just goes right over my head and i just appreciate that about this guy because every time i see him in a movie it doesn't even have to do with things like race he just plays that same milk toast dude and i, and I he just nails it yeah, I always remember him from uh, his episode of The Sopranos. He was in an episode of The Sopranos at the end of, I believe it was season four, when Tony wants to buy a house on the on the beach, and that guy is the one who's selling him the house. I always remember that that scene. I always remember him from that scene in, in The Sopranos. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's a good character, and, and I agree. He's a good character actor as well. Um, listen, I would love to, you know, pull some, you know, great different character out of my ass here, but I'm just going to go with Jasmine because Jasmine's story was what I liked most about this movie. Zoe Renee's performance was what I liked most about this movie. But Jasmine's character was really, it, again, like when I talked about earlier, like how there's so much in this movie that I, that I can't personally relate to because I can't walk in their shoes. Uh, and that's part of why I like this movie because it did give me a different perspective. One thing I did relate to was that, you know, young kid going to college for the first time, not knowing anybody and being kind of thrown into a really odd situation where you're trying to fit in, but you're not quite fitting in and, and you don't know how to fit in. I lived through that. Like that was me, my freshman year of college. And, you know, by my sophomore year, I, I was completely, you know, at ease and had friends and all that kind of stuff. But there were so many scenes. Like there's a scene in this movie where she goes to her first, like she comes home and her roommate's hosting basically a party and like, everyone's like hanging out on her bed and they're all like, you know, they're smoking yeah. weed or whatever. And like, she's so, uncomfortable and she does her best to try to fit in with them. And I was, I 100% that was me in college. Like that was what the first time I ever went to a fraternity party. I was like, what in the world is going on here? I was trying to fit in. I was trying to like make friends, but I didn't know. And it was just a really odd situation. So I 100% felt what she was going through in that moment. You talked about that, that the frat party where she went there and they're playing the really uncomfortable music and like they're all dancing around her. Again, I can't feel parts of that, but I could feel, you know, some elements of that. And so her story was so strong yeah. and so really well done that I loved her character. And again, it's heartbreaking. Like by the end, when they reach the end of her story, I'm just like, I, my, I turned to my girlfriend when I'm watching the movie and when they discovered that Jasmine had killed herself, I literally paused the movie and I looked at her and I go, fuck these people. Like <laughs> that they made her kill herself. I was like, fuck these people. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it is. It is. Uh, it is the strongest element of this movie is her storyline. So many, so many moments with her in this movie. She actually, I mean, we're, we're about to talk about best scare. She's she's the person that gets all the scares. 
Yeah, she does, and she lives it, man. She really does live it. Actually, before yeah. we get to best scare, we're gonna get to best line. Uh, oh yeah, we got best line. Let's talk about best line. Uh, yours actually plays directly into mine, so I'm just gonna kind of tease that ahead of time. So, do you want to go ahead and set up your best line from Master? So this is um, at, at one point in the movie, Jasmine falls out of the window in her at her dorm room because she believes she's being chased by the witch. We never get any confirmation on how on on why she fell out that window, but she fell out that window. So she's in the hospital recovering and Regina's Hall, Regina Hall's character, Gail, comes to talk to her because Jasmine is done. She's like, I'm done. I'm leaving. And you understand Jasmine in this moment. She's like, I'm done and leaving because I'm tired of this shit. Like, I'm way super, super uncomfortable here. It's not just about the school. It's not just about, like, my teachers. Like, everything. All the things are stacked against me. And this is Gail's reaction to her saying I'm out. The witch isn't real. I'm not going back there. Jasmine. I'm not going back. No. Jasmine. Jasmine, you can't quit. It's not ghosts, it's not supernatural, it's... It's America. And it's everywhere. I went through it. I went through it, and I understand. I was one of three black women that couldn't even tell us apart. It's humiliating. But... I stuck in there, and I didn't let them push me out. I just need to get away from there. You can't get away from it, Jasmine. It'll follow you. Believe me. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. really, really powerful. Shit. Yeah, really, really powerful. So my favorite line plays into that, which is directly after the scene, after Jasmine is released from the hospital, she goes back to her dorm and she runs in to live on the way. And she basically says, I'm going back. And, and Liv says, does Gail know you're here? And what Jasmine says to Liv is essentially in a way repeating what Gail told her. The sad reality of this scene, though, is it's setting up her killing herself because she took Gail's words to heart in in the wrong way, meaning Gail told her, you can't escape it. It's everywhere. You have to beat it. You have to beat it. You have to learn to beat it, you know, like she did. I was one of only three black women here. They couldn't even tell us apart. Learn to beat it. Jasmine takes that message and says, it's everywhere and I can't escape it. And so this right. is her just chilling moment right before, sadly, her suicide. Jasmine? Does Gail know you're here? I came on my own. What are you trying to do? Figure it out. I understand now. I don't think this is the best place for you to be right now. You're wrong. It doesn't matter where I go. Everywhere that it's everywhere, and I when I saw yeah. that, so I watched the movie and I got it in that moment, but then I rewatched it as I was, you know, putting together the show tonight. And I rewatched those two together because I pulled your best line and then I went to my best line. I watched those two scenes together, and I was just like, oh god, 
fucking gutted me, man. It really did. It gutted me. I was just like, God, that's so heartbreaking. Like she took the message, but she also took it any other way, which is it's everywhere. I can't escape it. So why should I try? And, oh, it just, it gutted yeah. me, man. It really gutted so me. So rough. It really and, gutted you know, me. You know, what's interesting is, is that informs the end of Gail's story, which is she looks around the room. They're having, they're having like a, a little get together at the end of the, um, semester and her and all the ex masters and she's looking at paintings and stuff and she realizes like oh all these people they're all related for hundreds of years they're all passed down they're all they're all relatives like i'm the outsider here the only thing i can actually do is not take part of this she realizes her mistake was telling jasmine to stick it out when really what she should have done is 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 turned her back to it and 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 forged her path somewhere else it wasn't giving up it was like i'm i shouldn't be contributing to this because that's what i'm doing yeah um, so that was an interesting ending a uh, tie up to to uh to gail's story but she but jasmine had to pay the price to learn that and i was like oh that fucking that's heavy yeah it's really it's really sad it's really sad uh let's talk about best scare patrick what was your best scare and master so this is this is where I get frustrated, Damon, because some of these some of these scares are damn good, like damn good. And uh, uh, mine was uh, Jasmine is in one of the dorm showers and she's getting out and she's getting, uh, you know, dressed and all that stuff. And uh, the lights start dimming and things start getting weird. And then the reflection pops up in, in the mirror and you see a shadowy figure in the mirror. It's a great jump scare. It's it's really effectively done, um, but it, damn it, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I mentioned I like, it never comes back. I mentioned how I mentioned like the weirdness, and I keep bringing Suspiria. The reason I mentioned Suspiria is because one thing that that uh, that uh, the director does in this movie is she really does pay homage to that with a lot of the light play in this movie. There's a lot of reds, yeah. dark reds. A lot of dark scenery in this movie. And again, that kind of plays to the tone of this movie. But that's a perfect example. That bathroom scene, she steps out of the shower and the entire bathroom is bathed in red. And then you see this really creepy shadow lurking in the reflection. And again, really good jump scare, really good jolting moment. And you're right. It just kind of goes nowhere. They never explain it and you never really see it again. I mean, you kind of see shadows and things like that throughout the movie. But again, none of it really gets explained. So you're not really sure. Is someone stalking her? Is it the witch? Is it a ghost? We don't really know. Yeah, it's all it's all in her head. You mentioned Suspiria. You know what Suspiria does great? It's weird, and then it ends even weirder. Yeah. And this movie is weird, you know, and the scares are weird, and they're structured in in their in their own way. Actually, very reminiscent of uh, Suspiria when I when you mention it. But then it ends very normal, and it's yeah. like, oh, all that weird stuff doesn't matter because the the actual answers to this movie are very grounded in reality. And yeah, and, but but they're not even tied to the weirdness that you've been seeing. Yeah, that's that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Uh, for me, the best scare was a little more visceral because I didn't see it coming. Even though there's there are so many tones of racism in this movie of like what these two kids and I'm I'm focusing on Gail and and uh, and Jasmine what yeah. they're dealing with in terms of like institutional racism and then just flat out racism. And there's a part where Jasmine wakes up from a nap and there's literally someone has scrawled leave on her door and put a noose around the freaking door, which is so disturbing. But there's a part later in the movie where she is uh, I don't remember if she's in the dorm or in the library, but she hears 
hears she like hears something really creepy going on and then she hears like an alarm starts going off and she's like running this alarm so you hear this loud dinging like an alarm and she opens the door and someone has literally set a burning cross on the lawn and it's just such a jarring image um and that and again you know there's plenty of movies and and, and reality of like you, we've seen this throughout history of what that symbol means um but just it was so jar i did not see that coming and it was like holy crap like i just didn't i didn't see that so direct in our face in this particular movie when it happened like everything had kind of been kind of been overt kind of been you know again like i call it the microaggressions like you know the little things they're just like like i said yeah. the, the scene in the library where they got to check her bag like it's really off-putting but not full-blown in your face racism you know what i mean like the, we're not racist yeah. you know that you're like that that, that was jarring when she opened the door and they did a close-up yeah. on a burning cross i was like oh jesus like it just caught me off guard yeah no that's fucked up anytime anytime <laughs> you see stuff like that that really overt racism uh, really fucked up and it was but it was weird because it was like okay so in the end who did it yeah like i i wanted to say like oh it was it was like tyler and his friends because it seemed like tyler and his friends were like i i was sure that it was going to be a secret society that there was no witch that it was just like in uh what's that what the faculty or there was the other movie uh you're talking about the skulls the skulls the skulls yeah, yeah. yeah i was like oh it's like a skulls thing or something but that never it never transpires and i never knew where it came from also can um, i throw I, this can i throw this out there real quick you mentioned tyler who's a character we haven't talked about yet he's kind of like the sophomore student who is kind of dating her roommate and he ends up kind of kissing jasmine at a party he's really weird and he's kind of telling her that the school's haunted or whatever his name is will hockman and i i wasn't familiar with him he's been another he's been in other things uh can can you please tell me that i wasn't completely wrong i said this to my girlfriend and she didn't get it but i got i was like this guy looks like a fake seth green did you get a <laughs> seth green vibe from him at all because i was like this kid looks like he's like a weird seth green like clone I didn't see the Seth Green thing about Watch him, it again. Busy trying to figure him out. Watch it again. I'm telling you, you're going to see a little Seth Green in there. I'm telling you. I was like, why does this kid look so much like Seth Green? <laughs> I, Seth Green is so like locked into the 90s. I can't like this kid, you know, doesn't look like Seth Seth Green with the pompadour hair and all that stuff. So look at I him again. Look at him again and be like, I see shades of Seth Green. I was like, is this Seth Green's <laughs> kid? Like, what's going on? Anyway, sorry. I did veer off track there. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about creepiest moment in this movie because uh, that's one thing they do, especially in the early part of the movie. There's a lot of really creepy moments. So uh, let's talk about creepiest moment for you. Uh, there was this one scene, and again, I don't know if it's Jasmine sleepwalking or if it really happened or if it's all in her head. I don't know because they never answered it. Um, she was going on a tour in the college, and so someone in the group, he, he it was a man with clearly like a fake face. Like he had a fake face over his face, but it was just real enough that it was super fucking creepy. There are a lot of little creepy moments in this movie. They, they actually add up. They're probably more creepy moments than our scares, like genuine scares. But that one really got me. Something about that fake face over the other face was really weird to me. Yeah, that was a really creepy moment in and of itself because she she's walking behind this tour group and they keep looking over at her. And the one guy looks back and he's got like all his face, all of his facial features have been basically erased i guess is the best way to say it yeah. like you can see his nose yeah, it's like and a his, mask. yeah it's like a weird 
it's just a weird look and it's really creepy and she kind of takes back and you can and then she looks back again and the guy looks normal again and then you know kind of again he looks like the creepy face again it's a really weird off-putting scene and and we are made to believe that's a dream sequence because she wakes up right after that but again it's a really again so much of it's not really explained you're not really sure exactly which direction they're going in it definitely um, never comes back yeah, it never comes back, and you don't really know. You don't really know. So um, my creepiest scene, which was an early one, which, again, played into the witch part, which sadly just kind of went nowhere, was when we get into Jasmine's first dream sequence when she's asleep and she looks over the clock, she sees it's 3.33, and we see a hand come up from underneath her bed, and it grabs her, and she jolts awake, and her, her roommate's like, whoa, you know, like, what's wrong? And, like, we see this, like, it's 3.33 in the morning, and she's been told that 3.33 is the witching hour, that's when the, the witch was hanged, and all these creepy things are happening at 3.33, and so we're made to believe that this is 3.33 in the morning, and then when she gets jolted awake by her roommate, it's the morning, like, we've just missed time, and it was a dream sequence, but in that moment, when you see that hand creep up from under the bed, I was like, ooh, this is a really creepy, like, it felt like the ring or something, you know, I was like, ooh, this is yeah. really creepy, really good. Again, well done, well orchestrated, very creepy, went nowhere. <laughs> That was a scene that got me so excited for this movie because it was genuinely creepy. And I was like, ooh, okay, more of this. We're going to get a lot more of this. I think that's like one of two scenes where a hand appears. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, may, I, maybe there's a second scene. I don't even remember it. But, but it's, it's like just, that creepy it, hand and it never happens again. It just never happens and they never, they never pull at that thread again. Like, they never pull it again. Yeah. So you have no idea. Like, it's just a weird, you know. Again, if it's just her nightmares, great. But then they never tell you whether that's real or not or did they. Because, again, the witch is introduced never does anything never never yeah. never really plays a major part in the movie especially in the ending this this is a movie that breaks that big rule i can't remember what it's called it's called like something someone's gun it's called show Shomer's gun i can't remember what it's called but the idea is if you show a gun in the first act it needs to be used at some point oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah i know what you're talking yeah, about i can't remember the 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 the, the little rule there but like they show so many things in this movie and never use them yeah like here's another thing when you talk about creepy parts uh i like the effect that uh worms became a, a theme for for gail's character maggots like maggots she, like maggots, so maggots. Maggots, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maggots were in her painting maggots were in her um uh, drawers and all that stuff again it never transpires anything but <laughs> here's one thing here's a total aside to all of that her reaction to the maggots is so weird <laughs> because I understand the disgust, but she doesn't get disgusted by that. She's like terrified, like like a demon is in there. She's like, ah, ah. I'm like, it's just it's just maggots. It's gross. I'm with you. It's totally gross. I don't want to discover maggots anywhere. But the way the way she freaks out about it just did not connect. I was like, I don't understand why she's having a full breakdown about maggots. Yeah. And it happened again. Like I thought the maggots in the drawer were one thing when it came, when the, the maggots started crawling out of the painting, I thought that was a better effect. But then her right. reaction was just so weird. Like it was just such an, like a odd reaction. I agree. It was a really odd reaction. It's <laughs> like, what? Like she could be so disturbed and show it. And again, Regina Hall, great actress. She could have made a lot of choices. The choice she made was to like, be like no oh my god these things are after me it's like it was, i don't know it didn't it didn't work yeah it was a weird one uh 
let's talk about rewrite of the living dead now again to be clear about rewrite of the living dead we take one aspect of the movie that we would change that would you know transform this movie into what we would what we would think would change the movie as a whole but we're not trying to rewrite the entire movie we're not trying to rewrite the entire story just one particular aspect so with rewrite of the living dead patrick if there's one thing you're going to change about master what would it be Oh, can you guess, Damon? <laughs> I got to get rid of Professor Liv Beckman's story in general, like overall her her butting heads with Jasmine, her being white or not being white. It just took so much away from this movie. It really did. I think Professor Liv as a character would have been fine as a supporting character, as somebody that that both uh, Jasmine and Gail could bounce off of. But her story was sucking so much of the dread out of this movie. It was pulling us so far away. And I think ultimately because they wanted to tie that story up, they they missed the chance to tie up uh, Gail and Jasmine's stories clearer. Like like they do tie them up. They they do end them. And, and to me, there's a definitive answer to their stories. But like maybe that's where all the time for the witch went. Maybe that's where all the time for, is she sleepwalking or is she seeing things? Uh, maybe that's where the time for the maggots went. Like all those, all those things that were built up in those other two storylines get canceled out. So I'm like full on, like you need to take Professor Liv's story out completely. Yeah, it was like I said, it was really odd. And also talking about, you know, open-ended story, like her story never really goes anywhere either. Like they kind of end it and you don't really know. It's unresolved. You don't really get an answer. Like what was, what was the point of her being here? Um, Mine is, is similar in tone. And and again, I, I I liked the storyline with Gail and I got the storyline with Gail, but I think if I was doing a rewrite of this movie in my perspective, I would just spend 90% of the movie with Jasmine. You know, Jasmine was the most intriguing character. Jasmine was the most intriguing story. And I'm not saying you can't have Gail or you can't even have Liv in this movie. I just don't necessarily need them to have as much time. Give me Jasmine. Give me that character because she had the best scares. She had the best character. She had the best story. And so if you give me more of her, I would have been a little bit more enthralled by this movie. And then when they, when she goes through her suicide and that's, you know, towards obviously the very tail end of the movie, um, um, I, I wouldn't say I lost interest. It wasn't that. It's just like, I was kind of like, oh, they're done with Jasmine? Like, that was, I didn't really, I was like, how are they done with Jasmine? Like, she was the best character. Like, she was the central right. focus of the story. Right. And so I was kind of like disappointed, you know? And so um, that would be my change. Just focus on Jasmine. You know, right now, like, they, they talked about this as, you know, uh, this is a, a, a movie about three women and I would say the movie does about 50% Jasmine, you know, like, I don't know, 35% Gale and then 15% Liv, which you kind of mentioned the 15% Liv is kind of like, why is it there? Uh, I would just say, give me 75% Jasmine and 25% Gale. You know, I don't mind that there's a yeah. Gale storyline in there at all. I got it. And I, I didn't mind it at all. It just wasn't as strong Jasmine. I was in, completely intrigued with completely enthralled with. So give me more of that. That would be my only real change. Give me more of Jasmine. And if you give me more Jasmine, you're going to pay off some of those other storylines, like the witch, like the, the the student who committed suicide in her room, like who is actually committing these horrific acts against her. And I understand right. maybe you're being maybe the point of the movie. I get it. Is that you're saying it's not one person. It's the entire institution doing this to her. I get I understand that. 
But I think if you just, again, if you introduce that idea that, you know, these are the people who are behind it all, like you said, like some secret cabal or something, you know, that would have made a little bit more sense in that, in that way. And I get it. They, they did kind of do that in a way. Uh, like you mentioned at the end when Gail goes to the party and she starts looking at photos and she realizes that all the people who are surrounding her, all the other professors have been, you know, the, the grandparents had been here. Their great grandparents yeah, had been here. They're all, they're all descendants of these original people. And she's the outsider. She's the one who, you know, quote unquote, doesn't belong. I get all that. So I understand they're saying it's not one person who introduced the burning cross. It's the entire institution. that introduced. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, I think they could have, I think they could have just stayed on that lane with Jasmine. And I would have been 100% on board from start to finish in this movie. If they had stayed on that lane with Jasmine, what they would have had was a super strong horror film. They have a super strong drama. They already have that. But again, we're rewinding the living dead. We're talking horror right here. You want to make this a great horror movie? You do make this 90% of Jasmine movie. You let Gail and Liv's characters be great supporting characters, but you tell it through her lens, through Jasmine's lens. And I think you can tie up all the loose ends and make a really solid horror movie in general. I agree. I agree. And I think that's where the film kind of falls short in that regard, because we don't get more of Jasmine and Jasmine was the best part of this movie. And so that, again, that's my only real tweak or change. She was carrying the horror elements through the movie. She was all the horror stuff. I mean, not to say the horror things didn't happen to Gail. Nothing. I mean, Liv was like I said, Liv's the one character that's kind of most confusing because she nothing really involves her that much. She's just kind of there. And by the end of her story, you're kind of like, huh? Like what? What? I don't I really understand the point of her character. Gail, I got and Gail had a, a you know, a, a worthwhile conclusion. But again, I was much more enthralled by Jasmine and I would have just loved to have had more of her character. Totally. One hundred percent. Yeah. Talk about wanting to see where Miriama Diallo goes. I can't wait to watch more of Jasmine uh, of Zoe Renee because of her depiction of Jasmine in this movie. Zoe yeah. Renee is fantastic. She did a really good job. All right, let's uh, let's close things out as we do each and every week on the show, Patrick. We're going to talk about is it scary? So at the end of the day, Master, is it scary? You know, it could be creepy at times, um, and thematically certain the the idea of institutional racism and the discomfort around all of that can actually be horrific so the short answer yes longer answer is this movie ends up getting pulled in too many directions as we have now beaten to death with with live storyline it it fractures this this movie into so many different things that by the end it's not even a scary movie anymore so again on the horror tip that's why we're here tonight for the horror element it ultimately does not become a scary movie because it was just pulled in far too many directions it got spread thin and really it just abandoned at some point it abandoned its horror elements if you only watch the jasmine portions of this movie it's scary yeah it's a scary movie it's start a scary fin- movie start to finish for her for her story arc is a scary movie so in that regard i will disagree slightly and say yes it is scary based on that one character it's everything else that takes away from it and so in that regard then it loses its effectiveness because when you're constantly yeah. being pulled away from the one storyline that is scary and the other ones just aren't doing it you kind of lose track of the of the real horrific elements of this movie so jasmine's story terrifying everybody else not really. So that's where I say, yes, it is a good scary movie in one really strong aspect. And that's everything surrounding Jasmine. 
nothing else really is scary or creepy or weird or off-putting about this movie. It's weird. Let me let me take that back. It's very weird. Uh, other parts of this movie. Jasmine's story is the strongest. That is the scariest. But again, we're judging as a whole. We're judging an entire movie, an entire you know 95-minute movie, whatever it is. It's not scary as a whole. It's scary for one character. And if you just focus on that one character and all those moments surrounding that one character, very scary, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, you can watch Master right now over on Amazon Prime. It is available if you have a Prime membership. It is free to watch over there. As I said earlier, and I'll say it again now, regardless of how we feel, go watch it. Go check out the movie. I always love supporting art artists, and I think uh, Miriam Diallo is a great artist. I am 100% intrigued by what she does next. Uh, I actually am going to go watch her short. I know her short was at Sundance prior to this, before this being her first feature-length film. Uh, I am going to go watch that short because I'm very curious what she did prior to this, and then, again, what she does in the future. So, in that regard, I'm on board. I will look forward to whatever she's doing next. Uh, go check it out right now on Amazon Prime. Uh, as always, we want to say a big thank you to everyone that tunes into the show. Make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher. And of course, you can always find us over on my website, nerdcoremovement.com. If you have questions, comments, or if you just want to explain the movie to us, we don't mind that either. Uh, hit us up anytime on email you can find us over at rot living dead at gmail.com that's rot living dead at gmail.com shoot us an email we love your comments we love your questions or movies you'd like us to review please hit us up anytime otherwise you can always find us on twitter i am at damon martin and you are at director patrick and a big thank you as always for everyone that tunes in each and every week to the show we'll see you next week for another edition of rewind of the living dead thanks for tuning in we'll see you then peace